Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Well, dude, that was about as good of an 0-4 week as you could ask for. Because <laughs> that's what we need, moral victories, dude. That's all you can really chalk it up here to, dude, is uh, moral victories as the Sharks come away with one point uh, out of four games, two back-to-backs against the Golden Knights and a Blues team that is just like a mash unit right now and the sharks could only come away with one point but i think you could easily make the case that they could have won all four of those games and uh, that doesn't really help uh in the end but certainly uh they were in all four of those games and they had some moments dude and it's really unfortunate how the results came out yeah, it it just shows that when the chips are down, the Sharks are not able to come away with wins against these better teams, against these good teams, the teams in playoff position within the division. Vegas is still in first place. The Blues have slipped all the way to fourth place. The Wild have the same number of points but have two games in hand. So even against the fourth place team, the team that the Sharks would need to pass in order to get into a playoff position, uh, they can't win. They get one point out of two games, uh, a team that they beat earlier in the season, and they can't do it now. So I think certainly the, the, the message has sort of changed both from the Sharks and from those writing about the Sharks. Kurz had an article saying it's time to play the young guys. I think more or less everyone who is uh, – roughly a rational human being has come to the conclusion that this is not a team that's going to make the playoffs this year. And so the question is, what do we do now? Yeah, dude. I mean, those are all uh, great questions, right? Um, Yes. I think the sharks have to realize that they aren't going to make the playoffs. And the irony is that some of the veteran players seem to find that notion unacceptable. Like, Eric Carlson's comments last week, Patrick Marlowe's comments this week, uh, where it doesn't seem like he is really very happy with his role and also didn't shut the door on being open to a move at the deadline. I guess I would ask you in a question that doesn't have to be answered, who would want Patrick Marlowe uh, at the deadline uh, necessarily? Hasn't exactly been productive although it seemed in the athletic interview he was implying that he hasn't been put in a position to be productive uh by playing with different line mates essentially every night and maybe has a point uh that you know when when you have different line mates basically every night and you're playing on the fourth line uh you know that that could be challenging i suppose but yes uh time to see what the young guys have i suppose although who are these young players, dude, that are going to come up and take a look here? Uh, who are they? Well, the the names mentioned are uh, Joaquin 
Blickfeld, who famously got a two-game suspension <laughs> earlier in the season. Uh, Sasha Chemilevsky, who I think has only played one game for the Sharks this season. And, of course, Ryan Merkley uh, is a name bandied about. And, you know, those are those are three. And certainly, I think the article is, is advocating for some of these guys that have been in and out of the lineup. Guys like Noah Greger and John Leonard should be more regular contributors and get more ice time in efforts to create uh, a stronger, younger core for the Sharks. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess what I would say to that, dude, is that the Sharks, and we've talked about this many times, the Sharks roster is impacted with players who are here on long-term deals. So who is going to not play? at the expense of these younger players to give them the real look that they should get. Who sits? Are you sitting Kevin LeBanc? Are you sitting Timo Meyer? Are you reducing the minutes of a Ryan Donato? Are you trying to trade a Matt Nieto to make room for one of these younger players? Are you really going to play these guys 13 minutes or are they just going to make a five-minute you know, Tim Heed cameo that where their development isn't happening at all. That's, those are the questions that I feel like I don't have any concept of how they're answered and what the Sharks would do. We've never seen them commit to this type of philosophy. Right. Where they play players that they know perhaps are not the best players available to be in the lineup, right? That's inherently always tension for the coaching staff the coaching staff is there to win games and it's going to be difficult and and certainly it was it seemed to be made pretty clear that bob bugner has the he has the discretion as to who to play game to game he's not being dictated to by doug wilson saying you will put this person in the lineup uh so it's his call and it's going to be really difficult to ask an nhl coach to knowingly play an inferior player unless uh, there's some other long-term goal that is agreed upon by the coach. And and maybe we're at that point, right? Maybe up until this recent losing streak, there was at least a plausible defense of the notion that the Sharks could get into playoff position. But I think you have to be uh, almost willfully blind at this point to think that's possible. So maybe the philosophy or the strategy will change. That's That's all I can think of. Yeah, I'm going to believe it when I see it. I, I don't think that this team has too many veterans on it that they are committed to, whether they're truly committed to them or they are stuck with them because of their contract term, to go down this road where they're going to essentially say to them, we acknowledge that we're probably going to lose uh, 70% of the rest of our games. So instead of playing a Marcus Sorensen or a Matt Nieto, we're going to play um, one of the guys from the Barracuda. But will they really play them like eight to 10 games, 12 minutes, regular shifts, let them make mistakes instead of, you know, punishing them for the slightest error, right? Which I don't know how they will continue to improve. I guess the argument was that some of these guys are playing well at the AHL level. 
I say let them stay there. Let them play well. Maybe the Barracuda can make the playoffs. Maybe they can find some sort of chemistry together. Dude, you know how I love to jump sports, so I'm going to do that now. The Warriors uh, sent uh, two of their young players, guys who are, you know, 20, 21 years old, to play in the G League together uh, for a couple of games. And they played, I don't know, 30 plus minutes together. And they came back from that. And they have developed real chemistry. And one of them has now turned into a real, a guy who I didn't think was an NBA player, Jordan Poole, is most definitely an NBA player. And that's because he got to play. Otherwise, he was playing for five minutes and getting Steph Curry water. Like, you know, let, I don't know how I feel about bringing in a guy who's supposed to be maybe a future top nine, top six forward like Blickfeld and telling him, hey, you're going to play eight minutes with Curtis Gabriel and kind of a grouchy Patrick Marlowe. Like, (laughs) how is that going to make him better? Should those young guys even be around this team, which seems to have some still some challenges? I don't know, dude. I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure that it really is the right thing to do. I think I think that's a good that's a good point, dude. I, I think I could get behind that as well. Certainly, it seems like the Sharks have defined a better identity here in the last little while, despite their lack of success. But you're right. I I would much rather have the named players play a good amount in the AHL as opposed to almost none, fourth line minutes, sheltered minutes no special teams, only against the other team's worst, I would really not want them to play those kinds of minutes in the NHL. That doesn't seem to make sense to me. I'd rather have them make the team out of camp, have the coaching staff show some loyalty to them as opposed to either the taxi squad or some other nonsense that's going on. But I guess the question is, okay, so we have this situation. Let's say they take our advice or your advice and they say, okay, you're right. You know, We're not going to just play uh, Blickfeld five minutes in the NHL. We're going to keep him in the Barracuda. The question is, we still have all of these contracts that we can't get rid of. How do you get these guys into the lineup? Well, that's what the offseason is for, I suppose. Like, you're going to have to try and figure that out. That's why, I mean, I think you have to commit at this point to see, I mean, dude, I want to go back to the second Vegas game because that was the one that was really the most unfortunate, I felt like. The Sharks had the lead. Right. They had the lead. They had a four to one lead. Right. Yep. Is it a four one or yes. three one? I th- no, it was. Sorry. It was a three to one lead. That's OK. Yep. And in addition to that, they showed the team toughness that we've been looking for from the most unlikely of areas. Right. Couture, Hurdle both getting into scraps, right? Not guys that you want to see do that, but they stood up for themselves and or they stood up for Timo Meyer when he got hit. And like that, I was so excited. You know, like I, I just was like, this is great. This, if, if they had won that game, would the rest of the week been different? I, I think you could convince me in a court of fantasy hockey pontification <laughs> that yes, it would. <laughs> have been that maybe they would have been riding this ultimate high instead they choked away the game yeah and they lost 
And they lost. And yet another, at least on the stat sheet, yet another bad performance by Sharks goaltending. Um, you know, 865 save percentage from Devin Dubnik. Five goals on 37 shots. And, yeah, and, and we the saw same, the uh, same uh, in the game on Saturday. He was not good against the Blues, you know. Uh, not good. Gave up. Four on you know, 20 shots, I think. Four goals. And the Sharks lose, right? And, um, yeah, dude. I mean, like, I just, like, go back to that second Vegas game. And I, I look at the team toughness they displayed, and I was so happy for them. But then I went, gosh, did they just play right into Vegas's hands? Because it sure woke up the Golden Knights. Yeah. They loved it. You want to punch? Punch me in the mouth again. Punch right. me again. I like it, right? Like, And that's what makes it hard. I was proud of them for standing up for themselves. But then it also sort of like opened up the tiger cage. Yeah. Yeah. And here they come, right? You, you had them sleeping a little bit and you just gave them an in. And I don't know. I wouldn't change their response at all. Cause I, I think it, it was appropriate. I just go, I go back and go, God, if they had won that game, like if they had won that game, could they have won both of those St. Louis games who they've just been riding this high that they would have won both those games. You could convince me, yes. Yeah. Well, looking ahead, certainly the Sharks have a much easier stretch of schedule here. Uh, to the middle, to, yeah, the middle of April, the Sharks really only have four difficult games, all against Minnesota, who are in the third uh, current playoff spot. And they have six games against LA. They have games against Arizona, and they have three games against Anaheim. So this is certainly a strength of schedule that can play with our emotions, I think. Um, Of course, when we get to the end of the schedule, we have four Colorado games in a row, Minnesota, three games in Vegas, so on. So I'm certainly not changing my prediction that the Sharks will not make the playoffs, but I wonder what's going to happen if the Sharks find a little success against some of these lower half teams in the Pacific. I hope they do. You know, I, I'm because, you know, it goes back to the fact that the, this roster is going to be very, very difficult to change. So, I mean, Eric Carlson's right. They need to figure out how to win with this group of players. Like they, they need to figure it out. And there were some positives, but, you know, we, we said there's got to be better goaltending. Devin Dubik needs to be given a chance. All right, he's been given a chance. And it's been a real mixed bag. And then you also throw in a good Martin Jones performance. And then you just go, what's happening here? Yeah, what you know do we I mean? even like, do what, now? What, yeah. what, what do you do? Right? I think the answer to me is clear. Neither of them are the solution. And they must seek better goaltending for this team so that they can truly evaluate them because you know if this team had even just a league average goaltender would they be better right would they be better right it's not a question of whether they would be better the question is how much better (laughs) right there's no question they'd be better and it's not it's really not fair to them the roster 
to to not and maybe and, and and who knows maybe they are actively trying to 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 fix this but you know you you look at their comments about the two AHL goalies and it's like well uh Mal Malinchuk is he's still getting used to the North American ice and he's going to be a good one but not yet mm-hmm. okay that's not really inspiring and then <laughs> The other guy is obviously they don't think he's very good, or he would have played already. Coronar, Coronar, he would have he would have played right. Maybe although he's looked pretty good in the AHL so far, and maybe you know that team is looking pretty decent, and they don't want to mess it up by importing a bad NHL goaltender who's also grumpy about not playing in the NHL. Sure, yeah. I mean, I know, but I mean, I guess you don't have to. You could put Martin Jones on the taxi squad and put Coroner and and give him a game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I guess it goes back to yes, I could totally get behind the philosophy of okay, let's let's keep the 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 quality young prospects on the Barracuda, let them try and form some chemistry and and keep them isolated from the big club and let them try and develop something here so that maybe next year there's this Chemilevsky Blickfeld line that can be moved up and you go, gosh, I already saw sample size that these guys play really well together, right? Yep. Because it can't be helpful to them to be playing with different people every night because the sharks keep moving different people up and down from the AHL and NHL level. They're not developing any chemistry either. So I really do question that philosophy. How, how are they, you know, okay. Yeah. Suamela, Suamela, you know, this guy, you know, I know he played on Saturday. It's like this guy said at the beginning of the year, he's built for the taxi squad, right? Right. Not really a regular NHL player, but I don't know like, what what are we developing him for? Like, I mean, like he he can play in an emergency and not be embarrassing. But I'd rather see, uh, you know, uh, Ozzy Weisblad play those minutes. He's barely playing. You look, he's played like four games. Yeah, I don't know, maybe he's hurt, but you know, I don't know. Like, like you want to develop the players and then develop the players. Yeah, this is a really tough spot for the Sharks. I'm not really sure which way to go here. <laughs> well, I mean, the, if if we were talking about a young team right now that played this way this week, you'd feel so much better about it. You'd yep. be like, wow, yep. you know, they really stuck up for themselves. And, you know, you could really see, you know, I, I'd use work, words like pluck and moxie, dude. You know, but, <laughs> you know, like, but in this case, like, you're just sort of like, it's just not in the Vegas game to lose that game. Come on. Like, I mean, it was yours. You had it, you know, and they blew it. And that's, that's so, it was just so painful to watch. And you knew it was coming at a certain point when it came three, two, it was like, Oh God, here, here it is. Here we go. You know what I mean? And, and it just sort of unfolded like a bad horror film. There was nothing, they just couldn't, there's nothing they could do to stop it. It is. Yeah. Oh, well, well, we had one positive episode, dude. <laughs> Let's frame it. <laughs> Put it on the wall, dude. We got one. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just not good. Just yeah, not good. I, I, I still, I, I, I'm a broken record, right? But 
I do. I hope that at the deadline and and especially in the off season, the Sharks have identified that clearly the goaltending is completely unacceptable, and they have to try and do something to address it. And that might mean that they have to move a player that they might not want to move, right? But you know, if you can get you know a Young, inexpensive. You don't want to trade for like a guy who's on another Martin Jones type contract. Like no, that's not at all. Not what you want, right? You know, it, but if you could get, you know, one of the Rangers young goalies in exchange for one of your good young forwards, then I think you have to really seriously consider doing that because they're not going to give you one of those guys for nothing. No draft picks, though. It's got to no, be players well, no, only. No, no draft picks, but I'm talking about, you know, like if you, if they're like, well, you know, we really are interested in uh, in one of your veteran forwards that's making a little bit of money that could really jump in and play in our top six. You know, okay, well, we want one of your two young goalies yeah. that both look like NHL starters, right? Okay, there you go, right? You're not going to get, you're not going to get a good young goalie through a magic trick here you're gonna have to give up something to get them yeah yeah and like that i think we the sharks owe it to themselves to be looking into that and also looking into acquiring another player that plays with a little bit of an edge in that curtis gabriel mode so that hurdle and couture aren't out there involved in some of the you know worst fights you've ever seen you know, like, I like that they did that, but, you know, if you could find another player, that sort of, and I'm not saying we want Wayne Simmons, but you want to play a player like that, right? Yeah, you yeah. look at some of the guys that are on St. Louis, some of the guys that are on on Vegas, you know, you find a player that are in, in that mode, it would just really help this team balance itself out. The only other thing I saw mentioned this week, dude, that I know is not a huge news item, but that Calgary might be interested in Marcus Sorensen. Did you read that? Yeah, I mean, what do you want for him? I mean, like, like, yeah, sure, uh, great. That's I mean, surprising. like, it, I mean, it, the 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 Sharks should be looking to move any player that is not part of the long term future of this team that anyone would give you anything for, right? So Marcus Sorensen uh, is at the top of the list, I would say. Like, I mean, of the people who are on um, <laughs> one-year deals, like yeah. that is top of the list, you know? Um, Dylan Gambrell, have we seen enough of Dylan Gambrell? Like, would you want... Do you want to see more? I mean, or are you ready to cash him in for whatever you can get, right? What's more valuable, Dylan Gambrell or a fifth-round draft pick? Yeah, I think you you get the pick. You got to get the pick. You take all the picks and young young players that you can get. Because you're at the point now where you're going to have to sign him, right? And I just don't see the Sharks signing him to to a multi-year contract right right like 
I mean, it, he hasn't been awful, but he hasn't been. I don't even know what 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 he is at this point, right? You know, Sorensen. You know, they seem to like Balsers. I mean, I think I think Matt Nieto is most certainly going to be traded at the deadline at this point. So you probably can get a a low round pick for him. Uh, these guys who are on one year deals. I mean, they've got a decision to make about Ryan Donato. Yep. Are they going to keep Ryan Donato and sign him? I like Ryan Donato. I do too, but yeah. I feel like that they coaching staff doesn't necessarily like Ryan Donato all the time. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's just a uh, it's it's one question mark after another looking at this lineup, right? There's boulders that cannot be moved out of the way and then the rest seem to be question marks. Cuz Ryan Donato's making 1.9 this year, right? Yeah. I mean, what is Ryan Donato going to get next year? It can't be that much more than that, I right? I, I mean, wouldn't think more like, than that. Like Ryan Zanato is, you know, he he has 14 points in 29 games. I mean, I don't know. Last year he had 23 points in 62 games. So he's, you know, outperforming his statistical total from last year. Right. I don't know. Might we be surprised? Ryan Zanato might be more expensive than that? I mean, what are you willing to give up? Do you want to make another three-year commitment to another player? <laughs> I mean, I guess these are questions that they're going to have to ask themselves, yeah, right? Yeah, I I'm, like Ryan Donato too, but... I'm glad I don't have to answer that question, though. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Like, is that is that something that they want to do? Yeah. Should yeah. they do that? Is that the right thing to do? You know, on a team that Really, the, the the future of the team is, I know that they said that there's no reason why they can't be competitive next year. Well, I mean, I, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine long-term contracts that tell me there's a, nine reasons why yeah. they can't be competitive next year. Yeah, right. Right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's tough. It's a tough spot, dude. Yep. Well, dude, at least maybe we'll have a little bit more cheer in the next week since the Sharks are not playing any top teams, and maybe we'll get to see a couple wins. Maybe we'll get to see some more minutes out of some young players. I wouldn't bet on it, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be truly surprising, dude. I mean, like, it, this, is, this is the end of the road, right? If the Sharks want to make up any ground and convince themselves that they might be able to sneak in because I I mean I remember they they probably talked about it 70 times where the they showed the blues schedule is horrific and the sharks schedule is easy okay well you still have to win those easy games right so we'll see you know the sharks have had a brutal schedule to start can they make up ground find out tonight find out tonight dude go sharks go sharks show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the san jose sharks organization or the national hockey league